This is the Run In My Mouth Friday Funny, where it's funny because fill in the blank. I'm your host, Carly Sauer, aka Coach Carly, and today's podcast is a dynamic warm-up short excerpt from our upcoming episode to get you even more jazzed about tuning in than you already are. Hope you enjoy it. Happy weekend. And don't forget to leave your five-star review before you cool down and X out. thought that spending two hours chatting about various forms of stress would be fun. But I have to say, once you've come out on the other side of wildly challenging, inexplicable life diversions that you didn't plan for even in your wildest dreams, you certainly learn to appreciate the ins and outs of further self-development and stress management. And some of us even go so far as to make a career of it. Case in point, Sean Jacobs of Jacobs Fitness in Tampa, Florida. Sean delivers a dose of fresh reality by showcasing that everything is possible given the right systems are in place to facilitate your success. This episode of the Run In My Mouth podcast is our first ever video episode, which is super exciting. A whole new territory for me as your resident host, producer, editor, etc. And I couldn't be more eager to bring you guys some more engaging content with a little video maybe. But for now, it's funny because stress is inevitable. It's all about how you manage it. Be sure to follow the Run In My Mouth podcast right here to be alerted when Sean's full episode drops on Monday. Like struggling and sympathetic. It was like, oh, I get a break? Blech. Gone. Like (laughs) – your 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 body was in a in a in a in a hibernation nap for six months probably like I mean I've, literally it was it was insane huh. it was it was insane yeah my husband like didn't get it he was like I don't understand like this kind of nice right like we're kind of like just chilling you know I'm like huh the first time in my life literally first time in my life I slept in I thought wait, waking up at seven a.m. was like I fucking wasted the day. I was like, the day is gone. I would get so stressed. Mm-hmm. And he would go log on to work, you know, in the family room on his laptop. And I would be like, I don't know what to do with myself. Like, it's already seven. I can't believe it's already seven o'clock. Like, the whole day is gone. He's like, what? Like, I'm starting work early. I shouldn't even log on for like another hour, you know? Like, this is ridiculous. So it was, it was a whole like lifetime shift. But with what you just said about nervous systems, right? in a like sympathetic shock type of thing. Talk about that a little bit. Cause I know that's a, that's an area that you like to, you know, go down the rabbit oh, hole. Yeah. In, in terms of, Let me dive in. You know, yeah. Well, just, just in terms of like, you know, the internal and how it affects the external. Right. And just my example right there is extremely dramatic, but that's, that's because that was my life. I didn't think it was weird or excessive or dramatic that's the point. until I was forced to stop. Yep. Hence why when you brought up this stress and stress management thing, I was like, hook, line, and sinker, you're, you know, you're coming on talking about this because like, that's all I've dedicated the last couple of years to. And so like, get into it. And we're, and we're, we're very fortunate to have had situations. I mean, in the pandemic is one where it gave you an opportunity to see that, to kind of be stopped in your tracks and feel that. But our, our world is programmed our society is programmed you know with this technology and this shrinking attention span and instant gratification and all of these things that we're programmed on a daily basis for um we're programmed to be sympathetically driven in our nervous system 
setting on a regular basis, right? And that's um, that's just fight or flight. And you know, fight or flight biologically, you know, if you link it to uh, you know humans thousands of years ago, is you know, are you being chased by a lion? Right. Yeah, and are literally. you going to die right this second? And how your body yeah. physiologically changes it the way that it supports its, you know, it gives resources to different parts of your body so that you can stay alive. Right. So if you're being chased in this small window, saber two tigers pouncing on you, it's only giving blood to the, your vitals to stay alive in this moment. And then once you kill the saber tooth, you're back to baseline. Good. Now you got blood flowing, oxygen flowing, all the above. But our bodies are seeking ways to keep us safe in that same scenario or that those same ways, but we're doing it at the grocery store. You know, like the yeah. gro the grocer says something about what's in your cart and you take a little offense to it and your body responds sympathetically yeah. like you're being chased by a lion. And then we don't let go of that for the whole day as opposed to <laughs> dropping right back down to parasympathetic and, oh, I'm, I'm fine. I'm breathing and I'm alive and I have a roof over my head. We don't, Those are automatics now. So our body is using yeah. our, our surroundings to try to protect us when, well, now we don't need a lot of protecting. Right. If most yeah. of us are lucky enough to have those necessities automatically. Right. Those are luxuries. But we get the clean water. We get the food. We get the roof over our head and we have to find other things to stress out about. And so, like you were describing, it's so easy to be habitually stuck in a sympathetic cycle and it just builds. And we can talk about breathing and the physiology that, that surrounds stress. And we'll go down that path maybe later on. But um not understanding the the necessity for for bouncing in and out of sympathetic and back into parasympathetic nervous system activity, which is rest and digest, um, mm -hmm. you are putting yourself in a chronic state of not having your body at full strength, right? Because if, you're, if yeah. your body is sending all of its energy and resources to your vitals, but not to everything else. Like you're going to have stagnation in your body and stagnation breeds issues, right? That's where totally. cardiovascular like disease what, comes like, from and cancer comes from and things like that. So exactly. yeah. Well, exactly. And it's like to put it in a fitness perspective, right? For folks that are listening and they're like, this is too, I'm not trying to hear this. Like if you're training and you're training hard every single day, right? Let's like earlier we were chatting zone one, two, three, four, right? Zone four, all out craziness. Zone one, totally chilling, relaxing on the couch. Most of your training should be in like zone two, spiking every now and then to three and four, and back right? Down. Depending on the workout. Yep. And back, exactly, yeah. back down. And a lot of people think every single workout they do needs to be high zone three into zone four to get a workout. You yep. need to do to sprint. Feel that. You need to do yeah, you need to do something hard. You need to do CrossFit every day and like power lifting every day. And like, like you need to like go ham in your workout every single day to have exercised, right? And I think there's just, there's such, like you said, there's such a cultural mind fuck that yeah. it, I've started to use the term exercise a lot more than workout. Yeah. Because when people think of a workout, they think of a structured, high intensity workout. Yeah. When you think about getting exercise, that could be you walked to work today and you got some extra exercise. You walked your dog when you don't normally, you took the stairs, you, you know, whatever. You're on vacation, you went for a hike, right? 
you're not going to call that like a workout. Like I did a workout. That was an activity you did where you got exercise. I've tried for myself and my clients to reframe that into exercise. And something that really taught me that was pregnancy. You know, like I couldn't work out every day. So I got exercise, you know, Um, and just sort of kept framing that along and along and along. But um, when you're talking about what you just touched on with the stagnation and, you know, all this, and then driving these really intense diseases, like how would you frame that in layman's terms for someone to understand that these things aren't just like, you're not Sean who will get this crazy disease at the age of 32. Like, no, it's by and large lifestyle, right? right. Not saying that you're like huge, like, you know, injecting druggy every five seconds, oh, but yeah. like, it's best. And that's, and that's, it, it, you highlighted it perfectly. I was, I was speaking, um, about stress in, uh, societal situational terms. And you brought out a very important point that there's stress in every facet of your life and exercise, physical activity is stress. And you have to monitor your overall stress load, right? You have a stress bucket. And if you work a very, very stressful job and at the end of the day, your stress bucket is full because you got reamed out by the boss and you missed your deadline and you're frazzled and, and you know, your mind is not where it needs to be. Uh, like you were saying, people say, all right, I got, it's on my schedule. I'm going to train. I'm going to, I'm going to work out. And that means I got to hit what's on my schedule. Coach Carly gave me this. I got to make sure I get all my mileage in. No, if you're, if you have a schedule that says a hard workout after a hard stress day, you have to understand that if your bucket is full and you put more physical stress on top of that, your bucket will be overflowing. So it is truly understanding all the facets in your lifestyle that contribute to you know, the overwhelming amounts of stress that we put on our bodies and understanding that there are different levels to that and that you have to just moderate the amount of the, the fullness of your bucket at all times and understanding that non-exercise activity thermogenesis, neat, right? Like going on a walk, walking your dog, playing with your kids in the backyard, mm-hmm. things that don't feel like working out because you didn't hit zone four, you didn't go to hit, you didn't do your F45 six times this week. Those, those non-exercise activity thermogenesis minutes are so much more productive long-term for recovery, your immune system, yeah, yeah, metabolic health, all of the above. Those things are so much more productive for longevity right? Than your high intensity interval session that lasted 20 minutes out of a 164 hour week or however many hours are in a week. That's nothing, right? Compared to, did you get 10,000 steps in every day? And if you didn't, why didn't you? And why aren't you prioritizing those things, right? And putting those things into your schedule because zone one, zone two can have a de-stressing effect, Right. And there's there's a bunch of different ways that you can you can create scenarios around those those uh, low intensity exercise scenarios to get some peripheral view. Right. Get off the computer. Get off your phone. When you go after a meal and you go outside for a walk, you can get parasympathetic activity by breathing through your nose and viewing the horizon. It's just cognitively the way that the brain works. Right. There's research that shows this stuff now. But for a lot of people, 
it takes hard wire focus on changing your routines and your habits and rewiring your lifestyle to include these little things. And if you think about it in the long run, those are a lot easier adjustments than going than upping the amount of times you going you go to Orange Theory every week. Because by the end of the week, you're fried. And the last thing you want to do is hit that bike for a zone five ride at the end of your session. You don't have to do that. And that's not yeah. good for your body. Your body will eventually start to send you in that other direction. Like you were just describing when you said March and April 2020, you were in shutdown mode and your body didn't know what was going on. Part of that yeah. was your brain being stuck to the previous routine, which it does take time to come out of those things, right? It does take time yeah. to rewire those things longer than just the two weeks you're going to try that new exercise fad or that new diet craze, right? You have to stick with it. But you also got to understand that some of it is shock and your body's going, I don't know what to do. I don't know if this is healthy. Is this okay? I'm actually getting to relax. And then like, if you stick with it, you <laughs> see that there are body composition changes that may be for the better when you're fueling yourself yeah. properly and managing your stress. Your exercise and fitness and body composition goals may be in a closer reach now, right? And that's like a mind fuck. It's so hard for people to think. You mean I, I need to stop working so hard? Right. Not just in the gym. Stop working so hard at overthinking and ruminating and not yeah. getting enough sleep and all the all of these facets that come together for the lifestyle that is, you know, the health side of things, not just you know, um, training hard. Yeah, totally. And, you know, it's funny. And we were chatting a little bit earlier about like, you know, hormones and pregnancy or whatever. And with my sort of like specialty of working with pre postnatal women for you know over a decade at this point and then having you know, been through pregnancy no, myself, already feeling good. I'm in a great mood, you know, I'm having a great day. But like you said, you need to take that time and, and capitalize on it. Yep. I think a lot of people, to your point, have a really hard time understanding that the work, the work is done when no one's looking, right? The work is done in the dark and then it gets showcased in the light, like that kind of a thing, yeah. right? Where you got, you got to do the work for it to actually mean something. Yep. And now with that, with what you were saying earlier, this is a total curveball, but I know you're gonna have a good answer. Um, do you believe, because people feel very, very strongly with this. I was a, an ambassador with Lululemon uh, for a while and I still work with them uh, with, with run clubs and, and stuff. We do a lot of projects together. Okay. They have a lot of stuff with goal setting, right? And like all this stuff and habits and, and, you know, bettering yourself. And a lot of people feel very strongly about habit forming, whether it's a 21 day cycle, takes 21 days to form a new habit, or if it's 90 days to have something last that you have to stick with it. Or like, do you, when you're talking to your clients, you're talking about stress management, lifestyle changes, do you give them... Like in three weeks, you're going to feel differently in six months, like, or is it sort of, I, like you said, like flowing through the process and checking in throughout the process? Like, how do you frame that for people? How would you frame it? Or are you awesome like, question. all of that is Awesome correct? question. And, and, and you're, <laughs> no, and well, um, of course, I'm going to, we're going to go down a hole. People feel go. very strongly about this. So, stuff. so I think it all comes down to. Um, and everything that you just said had me focused on this one idea. I've just been hammering in my mind. Don't forget to go down this hole um, because you talked about sports and you talked about people with short-term goals and how those things never seem to last. And then now you're talking about goals and setting things for you to focus on and a time limit. 
so many of those concepts and so many of the things that are focused on in this industry. And it gets bad mouthed all the time by people who don't exercise because it gets demonized as it's externally focusing on outcomes that have nothing to do with yourself and what's going on inside you and your passions and what you want and what makes you happy. Everything you described in those different scenarios is based on external focus versus internal focus. And people think that focusing on things internally um, is selfish, right? And taking mm -hmm. time for yourself and doing, you know, taking time to do something that you enjoy is selfish. So those easy times when you're not stressed and you don't have to manage your stress or work on your stress management is spend on, is spent on those dopamine spikes that people get that are so brief from pleasing others or doing things to get reactions. And that's just the society that we live in, right? But the football analogy, right? Those guys internalize the process of brotherhood, right? You, when you're an athlete, you live the sport. You have no choice but to live the sport so much so that you internalize yeah. that process, which is why youth sports and you know high school, college sports sets people up for success in life so much more than just kind of haphazardly bouncing around. Now, there's tons of super negative stereotypes around sports and athletes. And I I've, I feel like I spent my whole middle school and high school career banning those stereotypes because I hate I, I hated being I hated the assumption that you couldn't be intelligent or couldn't be introspective yeah. as an athlete. Whatever. We could talk about that another yeah. time. But it's it's it makes those things and those ideals internal. If you're coming from a non-athletic background or you're trying new things and you're trying to build habits and you're trying to set a short-term goal, goals are so minute as far as productivity goes in compared to a system or a lifestyle change. And that is the yeah. large difference. If you're looking at setting a short-term goal, you're only focused on the outcome itself. So if you say, I want to lose 20 pounds – if you lose 18, your brain is already programmed to say, I fucked up, I failed, right? Yeah. But if you focus on the system that you build to get to that end goal, you're going to say, I'm going to create a series of habits and things that I'm going to do on a daily basis. And I'm going to create a system for this new change that I want to happen for me. And then if you get to the root cause of why you want to have those changes and why you want those things in your life, going back to your wedding shred, vacation shred, summer bod, whatever. Those are all external focused goals, period. Yep. And those are fine. Do you, boo-boo, whatever you want to do, right? Well, exactly. There's nothing wrong no, with it. But it's just it. when, people, when people have the, the, oh shit, the negative emotions about it or the complaining or like, I hate talking about like shedding the baby weight, right? Like it's not baby weight. Like your body just fucking built a human embrace that embrace it like what the fuck it's not baby weight <laughs> like i gained like 30 fucking pounds when i was pregnant like yeah i had a fucking baby in my you belly you created a I human that is so crazy even, yeah even the still like the thought i just got goosebumps like the the thought of that is like fucking whack we don't have kids and, and people, it blows my mind when people talk about it yeah. like you created that I mean, what is like, that oh, think about it yeah. though like you don't no. think about the magnet and i'm not saying to gain 30 40 50 60 pounds in pregnancy and then gain another 50 and then be obese and be a health risk and leave your children without a mother 
I'm not saying that. I'm not twisting this into like a huge extreme. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not twisting this don't into kill like, yourself. Be yeah. any fucking donuts all the time. Yeah. I'm saying you need to gain weight to have a baby. You need to gain weight to, you know. Hindsight's 2020. Looking back at all the clients I currently have, a lot of them are five, six, seven year clients, right? Our, our uh, a main tenet of our business is to teach and educate our clients in a way that they don't need coaches and trainers for the rest of their life. Forever. You're coming to someone to educate you on the process of creating the lifestyle that you need to live to become your best self. And that sounds like some marketing bullshit, but that's the <laughs> truth of it. Equinox true. probably uses that same phrase and they have their members forever, but that's not the goal. I, I have the same conversation during a movement assessment with an in-person client is like, listen, I'm here to answer your questions. I'm going to over explain things to you, but I do that not to overwhelm you, but I do that to give you the information that you're going to need to do this yourself, right? You don't need me forever. I'm not in this for the long haul um, to take your money for the rest of your life. That's not what I do this for. I want to answer your questions. I want to make you feel like the goals that you have are attainable and you can do it yourself. Because yeah. this is all mainstream uh, knowledge, right? But there's so much information out there. What's the right thought process? What's the right really, diet? What's nutrition? Yeah. Together, Hone yeah. it in on what's going to work best for you. And we're here to help you find that process and find that path. And then you go do it, right? So yeah. going back to the to the client retention, like, I mean, we just keep our clients. It's just because you build those relationships. You, you, you have um, their best interests in mind. But that comes down to how Laura and I see ourselves in our own lives, right? We focus on internal passions and internal goals and desires. We focus on ourselves before our clients, right? Most people say the opposite because they're trying to sell you. I'm going to focus yeah. on you. No, no, I'm not going to be my best self unless I focus on me first, right? Controlling exactly. the hours that I have to schedule, right? And now you see the difference after that, that COVID sabbatical, right? You probably weren't as, as your focus is giving everything you got to your clients. Ours is yep. too, but you can't do that if you're working 20 hours a day, seven days a week, right? Yeah. And there's the managing the stress, right? So onboarding clients, going back to that, it's about understanding where the client is, where we can meet them in their best position, in their in their in their current situation, in the best way possible, and then starting to introduce the complexities of the thoughts, whether it be you know Laura with nutrition counseling, me with movement assessments, understanding the basics of biomechanics, and taking um how you move and how you breathe to the next level because those basics and those simple things that we do every day that we don't consciously think about are the pivotal factor in improving the baseline level of our health and our wellness. How often do you see that people have such shallow breathing? Um, who, uh, I mean, I, I deal with uh, mostly general population clients, uh, but I do also see some athletes who, again – are realizing that there is a next level to fitness and movement and performance, right? It's meeting the client where yeah. they are, but they also have to be in a receiving mindset. So yeah. we don't do a lot of marketing. Clients approach us. Usually the ones that approach us understand that there is something that they're missing in their current protocols. And a lot of times athletes don't see that. So you get those special yeah. cases. So the athletes that we have understand that. But everyone, regardless of population, could use a an assessment of – breathing techniques, bracing strategies, 
positional awareness. And this is like body awareness stuff. Like athletes see that and hear that. And they're like, bro, I'm the most body awareness person yeah. ever. Like I'm just all over the place. Right. Yeah. But it's just that your body has those higher levels of compensatory um, strategies yeah. until they break down and you tear your Achilles. Right. And I'm not saying that's yeah. always the case, but you get to that point where your body, because of stress management and stress load, can't yeah. push past that. Now, general population people don't necessarily get to that point as fast or as drastically, but everyone could use this. Yeah. Right. And that's the main idea too. And, and what we keep we keep harping with our clients is that um, I don't care what training style you enjoy. We don't care what dietary choices you're making as far as, well, like Mediterranean or paleo or whatever. That's fine. Yeah. What do you want to do? Do you want to fast? Do you want to do keto? Do it the right yeah. way. Understand how the the very new, the subtle nuances of the details in the foundation can make anything you want to do better. But everyone's yeah. skipping the basics. Everyone's skipping breathing. Everyone's skipping bracing and those those small details that you if you master whatever path you choose, whether non-exercise activity th thermogenesis, right? The neat activity is just walking. That can improve. So can throwing a football at the NFL level, right? And that's what yep. people think. It's, it's, it's the same for everyone. So those breathing assessments are very important. And pretty much everyone could use um, some for some people a refresher, but also for some people a paradigm shift in understanding that, yes, we breathe 20,000 times a day, but it can change your universe if you focus on it. Yeah. Right. And that's stress management. Right. That's becoming present internally, introspectively focused. But that's also managing gravity, right? Our bodies are constantly fighting gravity.